What is going on, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of the Tighten Up Talk. I am Trey Wynn, your host. I'll be joined by Chase Green to give our full reaction to the Tennessee Titans' loss to the Steelers, 27-24. But this episode is brought to you by our friends at Parkway Poorhouse. If you're in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area, you're looking for a great spot to grab some delicious food with the family, or say you and some friends want to grab a happy hour patio spot and enjoy some appetizers and a cold adult beverage, look no further because Parkway Poorhouse is the perfect spot for either occasion. Visit parkwaypoorhouse.com to plan your visit today. And folks, it's a little bit of a somber Monday. You know, obviously we're used to being 5-0 and and coming into Mondays and enjoying it. A little bit of a strange feel. We'll give our thoughts, reactions to everything that happened yesterday. We'll ask the question right now. We have a Twitter poll up with who do you blame for the Tennessee Titans loss? Options being the defense, Tannehill's intentional grounding, Steven Goskowski, or the blame Vrabel folks as the coaching staff did not have a fantastic day. We'll also give our thoughts on the good, the bad, and the ugly for the Tennessee Titans. Where is this team right now, and how do they compare to other teams around the league? We'll preview the Bengals game happening this Sunday and also take a look around the NFL. But folks, we really appreciate you checking us out. We really appreciate you listening. So do us a favor, subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star Star rating wherever you listen and please share the show in case you're new to chat 10 sports visit chat10sports.com to find out more about us our articles fan groups watch parties events the whole nine yards you can find everything you need to know about us there but folks again thank you for checking us out we hope you're doing great in the world and we hope that you enjoy this episode all right folks what's going on happy monday on an unfortunate loss after the titans fall to the Steelers, 27 to 24 it's an interesting feeling today, but we'll give our thoughts, reactions, and give our 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 feelings on this not victory Monday. I guess not victory Monday. Womp womp womp. Um, but Chase, let me let me get your thoughts. It's it was a it was an interesting day, obviously for all of our audience as well as us. We lived through the ride, and we'll kind of break it down. Lots of opinions out there today, but I want to get your thoughts. How do you feel? Where's your head at with the Tennessee Titans after? A devastating loss to the Steelers. Um, honestly, though, I've, I've not felt better after a loss. I really think that that second half rally gives you a lot of hope for this team. That that Super Bowl run is still there. That's, I mean, the Steelers are right now probably the best overall team in football. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they're the only undefeated team left. They beat some good competition, and. This Titans team took them to the wire. I mean, that's also mm. really good defense they have. And I thought, you know, stars big, big plays and the defense struggled in the first half, but, you know, brought us back in it in the second. And there's a lot of optimism to be had about that, even though it's a loss and it hurts deep down. You really want Gostowski to make that. But he, he even said, he's like, I, I felt confident going in there. Just thought it, you know, I just missed it. So mm-hmm. it's always a tough one to take in, especially when you got a chance. You make that drive, Tannehill let him down there, and kind of there's a big mistake in the intentional grounding. I know we're going to get to that here in a few minutes, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it hurts, but it's also a feeling like you know what? There's, this is still a really good football team, and they're going to rally back, man. How you feeling today, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, like you said, I mean, I, I feel pretty good. Obviously, we've slept on it. It's sunk in five and one. I mean, it's pretty. You know, it's pretty bold. Obviously, we know what this team is. I think the issues are what they are. I think 
you know, trading for a cornerback before the November 3rd deadline is almost a must, in my opinion. Even if Adoree Jackson comes back, I think this team's still in coverage. I mean, whether the coaching staff called the right play in the first half or not, there was still an issue executing what the Titans were able to do. And I mean, Ben, ben Roethlisberger, and there's other guys that we're going to see, you know, obviously Mahomes, and even if we get to the point that we hit a Super Bowl and face a guy like, you know, Russ is looking incredible right now, even in their their competitive game with the Cardinals last night. DK Metcalf is probably the fastest human on the planet. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, I mean, it's one of those things. we got to get younger uh, on the on the perimeter. They've got to do a better job of, you know, I think there was uh, Brendan Hyman and I were sitting next to each other, and I think you were part of the conversation. But just for our audience, there was a play where, um, I think it was Juju just goes right up the sideline and Chris Jackson got sucked into the flats. And there was also, I think Ty Smith was up there. So somebody missed that coverage of dropping back to cover that quarter, uh, you know, kind of deeper area behind the flat. Uh, but it's just those little things that obviously we saw Jonathan Joseph come back in. We saw the Ty Smith and it, I know Malcolm Butler had a, had a pretty okay day. He was, he was not the pick it off a couple different times, and he wasn't the guy getting burnt all day long. But the other guys around him were, I think, a massive liability. Um, you know, I, I, yeah. something that we've got up right now on, on Twitter, you know, is the poll of who do you blame? And there's so many opinions going around, which we'll get to and kind of, you know, share some of the comments and reactions that we got. But Chase, who would you, I mean, who are you pinning this this loss on? Um going to be specific here. I really think it's the first half defense. This defense, man, on third down is just a disaster. Uh, this is from Mike Herndon, a stat he put up today on Twitter. Third down defense is historically bad right now. They have given up first on 33 of the last 49 third downs. That's 67%, 67 67.3 to be exact. That's just the last three games. Um, and even so like Pitt converted what eight of nine in the first half on third down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's good that you got them there, but just couldn't get stops. And they, and Pittsburgh got creative with it. They did a little jet sweep on one. They did simple stuff, hitch routes that were, you know, eight to eight to nine yards and just tore you up whichever way they wanted on third down. And this defense cannot get off the field. It's so frustrating because mm -hmm. I know we're all sitting there. It's just methodical and it deflates you, whether it's actually physically, whenever your lungs are burning out there as a defensive player. And then also mentally, it's just like, my God, we can't stop these guys when we need to get a stop. Yeah. And they kept driving down and I felt like they had the ball the entire first half for what it felt like sitting there watching. And that was so frustrating, man. So I guess I'll even be specific. I mean, it's the defense overall, but even though they really helped rally back that in that second half and they made some big plays and uh, I mean, my goodness, Jayon and uh, big Jeff are just yeah. unbelievable draft picks, mm -hmm. unfreaking believable draft picks right now. So I, that fires me up to have those guys, but that first half just huge letdown. So that's the only, that's the biggest frustrating point for me as of yeah. yesterday. So what is your person to blame person or group to blame for me? I think there's the first half team that we saw even offensively for, you know, the Steelers to have, I'm looking at the total amount of possession for, for the time of possession, 36, 37 for the Steelers, 23, 23 for the Titans. And that first quarter, I'm pretty sure 
we had two or maybe one or two possessions of the ball and they had the the ball the entire offensively they had the ball mm-hmm. um the entire almost the entire first quarter which was you know not the best start you want um they're even they're you know uh the third down efficiency obviously they went 13 of 18 we went five of 13 we have to do better obviously i think overall throughout the game uh the defense is is the culprit. I think that you know allowing you just could not get off the field, and it's not necessarily I think any one group's fault. Obviously, everybody wants to point to cornerback, but due to the issue at cornerback, it's kind of a cyclical thing where there's no you know there's no time to get the you know sacks because again, Jadavion Clowney, who I've been kind of critical of, even Vic Beasley, um, they were both able to you know get to the get into the pocket, but the ball was coming out so quickly that, you know, it, it was a conversion almost every single time it, it, it had been through, it seemed like at times to where even if they got the play call correct, the tackling was so sloppy. There was one screen in particular that went to Jay, uh, to Juju. Um, and it got to the point that, I mean, I think Claypool might've been his receiver that was blocking out wide and, three or four guys couldn't bring him down and he got an additional four or five yards. And it's like, guys, we, it's just fundamental stuff. And it's, yeah, it's those little things that it's confusing because obviously the coaching staff, I think does own some of this for the sake of just preparation. Shane Bowen and Vrabel look to be, you know, in the dark with some of the, the, the scheme calls and what they're actually doing. And on the other side of the ball, I mean, the Steelers defensively, they deserve all the praise they're getting from anybody from, I mean, even if it's old Jeff Schwartz that we all love to hate on, it, it's they are absolutely the best defense in, in the league. And the thing is, for the Titans to come back, I mean, what, 24 to 7 uh, at, at the half, and then they only score three points in the second, and we score 17. Like, yeah, it's, it's a feather in the cap kind of thing for me for the offense to bounce back and overcome, and it, even the adjustments, because we all know this was a, a different team in the second half. Um, but I, I just think. You know, even our poll, I've got it up right now. It, the the overarching, you know, winner as far as the poll goes is the defense. Sixty four percent. We've got one hundred and sixty four votes right now. Second is Goskowski for missing that kick, and it looked good. And then that last second, man, it just I don't know if it was the wind caught it or if it just you know it, whatever it was, it went right. But you know, mm-hmm. for third, the Tannehill grounding call. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's it's a part of it. Thirty six versus forty six is a pretty big big jump. You know, and I, I don't care if it's Vinatieri or whoever you want to point out as the as the greatest of all time kicker. It's it, it's one of those things that you know. It, it's good the team's not attacking itself and saying y'all didn't do this. I think everyone I've seen, and I wouldn't expect that from this team because we've been through a lot of good, bad, and ugly in the last four or five years. That. They're able to be resilient. They showed heart, and I think we have a lot to be proud of. But it's one of those things that going into the trade deadline on November 3rd, I believe it is, 4 p.m. cutoff like it always is, but we got to find something for the perimeter with the cornerback. And uh, tell me what you think, Chase, but even if Adoree comes back, it's not going to shore up the nosebleed that's happening on defense. No, but it's going to help a lot. I really do think uh, he's not Jalen Ramsey or – you know, Aqib Tlaib a couple of years ago, or even Patrick Peterson. Like, he's not that guy, but he's going to really sure up a lot of stuff. Because between Ty and Jonathan Joseph, it, there were some times we were just calling stuff out. 
I mean, do I get, yeah. I mean, even back, I remember Brandon was shouting out, it's like, get up on him. But if he gets up on him, mm-hmm. then he's too slow. But we were even laughing because he was too slow even when he was eight yards off of him inside mm-hmm. the 12. I mean, and he was, got, he got juked to the inside. Yeah. He, he got out. juked to the inside. I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, how are you? Uh, he really is. And I've, I've said it every week and I'm going to say it again. He is the slowest corner in the NFL right now. And it's exhausting to watch. And you know, um, to give Malcolm Brown or Malcolm Butler some credit, he really did play a good, good game against what he played against Claypool. Um, seemed like everybody got cooked by Johnson and Juju. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's frustrating, man, because that was something. It's like if you just, you know, if you're going to play off a guy, you should be able to at least t- make the tackle. But he got juked out. But he was mm-hmm. four yards away when he got juked out. He wasn't like he was sitting right there. Oh, it's so frustrating. You know what it reminds me of, though, is is when Mariota was still here, and I think everyone's obsessed with the idea of me being obsessed with uh, Mariota, but it reminds me of how uh, Hronis Grassou was here as the center, and they were buddies. I think they were roommates in college, and it's almost like Jonathan Joseph is here just to be that buddy and kind of good. I mean, obviously, he's an older guy. He's a veteran player, mm-hmm. but – it seems like he's still here right now because Jadavion Clowney and him are close. And that's obviously 100% yeah, speculation. Like. Um, but he's he is legitimately a – he is the biggest liability on this team. And it's it's one of those things that obviously if Ty Smith um, – Chris Jackson's been, been pretty solid for a seventh-round pick. I'm not going to throw any shade at him. But Ty Smith has always been one of those guys that, you know, he's he's had some good plays. He's had some really bad plays. But, you know, he's kind of that – 70 maybe at best kind of Madden rating type of guy if we're being generous but not the guy I want to trot out there but I just think that the ability and nowadays what I've what we I think everyone's noticed this year specifically in the NFL was quarterbacks are getting the ball out so fast to neutralize the pass rush and that's you know it's these easy flat passes or passes to the flat I should say of you know the converting where I think Janu, uh, I think he was a little too far inside one play, and uh, I forget who the tight end was for it. It wasn't Ebron; it was probably Vance McDonald, but goes directly to the flat, and it was just easy pickings, you know. And so that's one of those things. If if we can, if a Dory's back, and say we get a younger, you know, more proven, and there's quite a few different guys out there. And I was kind of looking at who they could go for, but there's so many different situations. I don't know if there's one particular guy I would say, this is the dude I would go for. Mm-hmm. But if we can get that figured out in the secondary, it's that's when I think these sacks and the tackle for losses from Clowney. I mean, even Vic Beasley, there was one play that we pointed out, Chase, watching the game. Yep. He set the edge, and he, I think he brought Connor down for a, a loss of two or three. But that was a big thing to me too, man, of like where is the contain? And That's frustrating. Yeah, even for a Vrabel defense, like, you know, Chris Sims, who I've been very critical of for some of his opinions and takes and stuff, but him saying this is not a, a slight against the Titans, this loss, but – it's a huge – we basically got exposed. This defense, the Titans defense is a big issue, and it's a Vrabel defense because I'm missing Dean Pease and Logan Ryan and Jarrell Casey because last year we we were sitting on a defensive gold mine, and it's weird to be on the other side of the fence where our offense can lead a comeback like this. And obviously we came up short, but just my confidence in the, in the offense is absolutely sky high. And in mm-hmm. Tannehill – and even the stat, you know, the Titans were what sixteen and zero. If if Henry went went for a hundred yards, came up short with seventy five. But yeah, you know, 
it's nice to be able to have the dual threat where we can run the ball, but also Tannehill can can carry his own. But yeah, what? it is it is frustrating to have a total flip flop because that's what really carried this team last year. And now it's just like, well, I mean, yes, like you're saying, we, it's awesome to have that confidence in the offense, but this is a game where if that defense plays, you know, three fourths of what it was in the second half in the first half. Golly, Bo, man, that's, uh, you know, it's probably a really good win for this Titan team. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. And that transitions really well into, you know, kind of our good, bad, and ugly section because we don't want to have a Homer podcast where it's all positives and there's sunshine and rainbows. But, I mean, obviously this team coming back is a big feather in the cap. Like I said, um, a lot of folks and live tweeting the, the, the game saying, you know, this game's over at half or even before halftime. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to throw any shade at any, any one particular person. Cause I was thinking we have the ability to come back, but it's just something that this is not your daddy's your granddaddy's Titans team where they're just going to fold even the last four or five years. I mean, I think we talked about it last week for them just to be able to show the resiliency and even looking at the, the season as a whole for the Titans, you know, we beat the, the Broncos by two, beat the Jags by three, beat the Vikings by two. Uh, the last couple weeks, I mean, the Texans getting 42-36 was just enough of a competitive game to make you sweat for a little bit. But outside of that Bills game, we really have not had a dominant victory, mm-hmm. which chocolate up in the good section of obviously we can compete, but we can also, you know, we can find ways to win, which I'm again, like you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, it's a really weird feeling today of like, yeah, we lost. We lost by three. So it's not like a complete, you know, uh, destruction or anything like that. But I mean, that's a that's I, I think the Steelers right now. I agree with you, man. They are probably the best team, complete team in football. Because yeah. outside of Brett Kern, which we can kind of get into some ugly things here, and and let me know what you think. But special teams was pretty pretty rough yesterday. Outside of the MV punter, uh, Mr. Brett Kern. Yeah, but even Kern had the bad mishandle of the punt and chuck it that up was, in the air. So I mean, like. Yeah, he obviously he was Brett Kern whenever he did when he got the foot to the ball. That dude was special. I think he averaged over sixty yesterday or something crazy. Um, but he had one really bad mistake. But I'm with you, man. That special teams overall just ugh, crutches, man. Like that, it's just got to get better. And I don't know. That's uh, that was a big letdown too yesterday overall because that's something I felt like we could at least. Rely, especially Gostowski and Kern, but big mistakes, man. Big time mistakes. God, just crushes you. Do you think when Adore comes back, they give him a chance with punt and kick returns? Um, No. Man, Adore was so atrocious on punt returns early on. I just don't think you can put him back out there again. I, I really don't. He was he, – he had too many – just bad reads. I mean, I, I've, I, there was multiple times last year where I was like, you can't, or two years ago, even it's like, you can't keep doing this, man. He just, he doesn't judge stuff. He wants to be a home run hitter. He keeps bobbling. He keeps, you know, miss time and stuff where he's like, well, I'm not going to call fair catch. That's such a poor decision, man. So mm-hmm. maybe if he's gotten better, but I, I really don't want to, he was, he was atrocious at times. That's not something I want to do. My thing with Adoree, I, th- I thought he got really mental and kind of psychological, and he kind of got in- into his own head for – I mean, there was three or four weeks where it was like we're, they, they keep putting him out there, and it kept getting worse. And I'm just like yes. 
as much as he was talked about and hyped up, and we've we all know, you know, T Martin saying every four or five punts he's taken to the house. It's like, let's go. Finally, we have a guy that can, you know, all respect to Mark Mariani, but it's like we got a dude that can put the wheels on and really burn some guys. But even, you know, you, you mentioned um, Kern's, you know, basically fake punt attempt. Like there were four guys that he was throwing to, and one of which was, I believe he was, you know, legal receiver downfield with Bo Brinkley. But, I mean – I think it was a fumble. You know, he he tried to make something happen, which, you know, you clearly saw he was frustrated. But there was a lot of things yesterday, even like Dane Crookshake's interception that he brought out of the end zone and then threw back to, I think, Ty Smith and lost four or five yards there. I just hope Vrabel and and the staff is just saying, look, don't don't overcomplicate this. You know how to play football. Go down with the ball. And even like we saw what against the Texans where Tyson Bralo cannot fall on a ball. It's just – Fall on the ball. Play play the simple card. You know, keep it simple, stupid. Like Dwight Dwight Schrute said. Exactly. <laughs> you know, don't overthink it. We're trying to you know play smart ball, and that's where I think it's kind of a good. It's a well timed wake up call of, yes, you're a good team. We all know how good this team is, but don't don't force you know yourself into a corner with bad decisions, stupid mistakes, and I think. The biggest frustrating thing for me from the first half outside of the defense was the offense's inability, obviously, to stay on the field. Um, but even just – it seemed like they were they were trying to force – you know, Ben Bobick was our guest last week with his comments about Pruitt and, and the Tennessee Vols, forcing that square peg into the round hole. Um, Art Smith seemed to get a little bit cute. You know, it's one of those things that um, – you just got to get back to basics, man. And it's, it's such a cliché – thing to say to me to me and you tell me what you think but it's just like stop trying to overcomplicate a very simple situation same exact thoughts yeah just don't don't get too crazy with it but yeah i I thought for the most part yesterday the offense looked pretty solid this um especially pass blocking except i mean i know uh kelly got whipped a couple times but sembrillo Mm -hmm. good job yesterday too by the way that guy was really something I mean, I thought, I thought he, he really had he really held Bud Dupree. I don't think he had any stats at all. That, that mm-hmm. I know of. And that's something I think we had some people asking. You know how 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 much did the Titans miss Lawan? Um, I thought Sam Braylor did well. Obviously, Lawan is you know is La, he's Lawan. We we all yeah. know what he is, yeah. and and I, and I agree. I thought Kelly did. He was more the liability on the offensive line, but then we. We missed Janu. He had one catch for nine yards. We had four targets, so I think I think Tannehill might have been a little bit inaccurate, and, and some of those might have been in the first half. But our tight ends were, you know, basically, you know, short up trying to to chip on defensive ends and T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree. But that's where those things to me of of feeling Lawan's absence, and we saw it last year with the PED suspension. It's the same type of thing, obviously. The first four games weren't awful but, uh, last year, but it was it was evident of his of his loss. But I will say this though, Chase, like I don't think this is even across the fan base. It's not a hit the panic button type of situation. I think it's it's a dose of reality of where we are. We have a lot of holes to clean up on defense. I think the offense got a little shell shocked with how good the Pittsburgh Steelers defense was. Which again, hats off to those guys. But the next, I know obviously we're playing the Bengals this week, and I think a lot of folks are going to chalk it up as a W. Um, I don't know if, 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 you know, the next three to four games, a lot of folks are looking at the Colts, 
Ravens, and then Colts again, which should be interesting. And then the Bears, we don't really know how good the Bears actually are. Are they as good as the record as advertised? But what are you thinking going into, um, you know, trade deadline? Is cornerback the only issue for you or, or the only, you know, need to address? Or there are other issues that you might want to see the Titans go after and figure out? Mm. Corner is so far high and above, I think, of anything. And then after that, I don't really see a, a need for any other trade pieces, you know? Like, I mean, I guess, mm-hmm. like, if you could, that'd be great to get even a little bit of offensive line depth, just just in case kind of deal. But other than that, not really. There's mm-hmm. nothing there for me personally where I, I need to – trade assets to get something desperately that I, that I can think of right now. Is there something for you? Well, I've seen conversations and I agree because I know today Paul Kaharski put out that Christian Fulton is going in for an MRI on his knee, which is always concerning. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's like double down on the corner. Yeah. But uh, folks were talking about Carlos Dunlap and I'm, uh, I'm thinking one, we have $17 million on that defensive line that has not, obviously carried their weight with Vic Beasley and, and Jadavion Clowney. Like yeah. I'm impressed. And I think the corner issue, I think the secondary issue is, is I, I, I legitimately believe if we have that figured out, then we're going to start seeing some sacks. Yeah. And I think even too, I mean, looking at last year, you know, Jerrell Casey was impactful where, you know, obviously as, as a run defender, but he could also get after the passer because the secondary was giving him the time to get up there. 100%. And, I mean, even for the coaching staff, I don't know. Ackerman as the special teams coach, I think he's got a really – I don't think we're obviously going to be trading for anybody special teams-wise, but I think he's got to kind of come to grips with what we're working with. Like, that was a really sloppy game. Um, I'm just trying to think of other problems that we may have, but I just think that that I don't think it's a fix-all, cure-all. Even offensively, I know we talked about yesterday – the idea of them trading for a tackle since Lawan's out, but I thought Sombrello was okay. Yeah. Um, we've got $10 million to work with. So who can you really bring in? It's not going to break the bank this, you know, for, for this year's payroll, but even going forward, um, a lot of older guys, I know Darius Slay is out there. He's been rumored to be, you know, on, on the block as well as Patrick Peterson. Um, a lot of names out there, but they seem as they always do. They seem to be older guys that might be a little bit more pricey that you don't necessarily want to inherit their their contract. Mm-hmm. But I just think I think they're going to probably slow play it. And obviously, we've got a little while before we we hit that deadline on the third to really, you know, basically eight days to really chew on it. Because if we're going to go into next week against the Bengals, and I'm thinking. I think that's going to be a trickier game than people think just because if you look at the Bengals record and you tell me what you think about this chase in a second, but week one for the Bengals or I don't know. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yesterday they lost by three to the Browns solid. What four and two team. Yep. Um, the Colts, they lost by what five, I believe. And then uh, tied with Philly, which Philly just seems to be cranking out, you know, offensive you know numbers as far as scores but this is not a team I think that people should be sleeping on as obviously number one overall pick with Joe Burrow last year. They, they've got some – they might shock us a little bit. Yeah, because Burrow put up 400 yards passing yesterday. 
And to reiterate, our our secondary is not shored up right now. So if they're not, I mean, their offensive line is way, way worse than Pittsburgh or anybody else's we've played probably so far. But um, if Joe's not worried about, you know, having to sit back there for four or five seconds, then, you know, he can get out there and sling it real fast, you know, under two or three seconds. And what's he worried about, you know, kind of thing mm-hmm. with a pass rush. So got to be cautious defensively because they can put up points. And if it's just like a weird lackluster day for the offense, that defense could give up enough where can't fight back. So that is, yeah. I'm with you. It's a, it's a much trickier game than most people are going to expect. AJ Green's played a lot better the last three weeks or so. Boyd's been good and they're, they're figuring some things out offensively, defensively. They are pretty much a train wreck, but you know, they've, uh, They've got some things they're getting better at, so I'm, I'm with you. It's a much tougher game than people are giving it credit for, I think. Yeah, I'm looking at their team stats, and compared to the Titans, the Titans are at 31.3 points per game. Bengals are at 23.3. Um, the yards, uh, let's see here, total yards per game, 410 for the Titans, 390 for the Bengals, and then yards allowed, 412, uh, 400 for the Bengals. I don't, I'm not... I'm confident in saying I think that the Titans are going to come away with a win here. I think that one five and one record for the Bengals is just the perfect representation of kind of how weird of a situation that they're in. Even with their injuries right now, Joe Mixon being out, John Ross is out. This is as of today. Um, and then William Jackson, the third, I'm not sure what, what type of level he's playing at, but I'm not necessarily you know, going to hit the panic button. I don't think anybody should, but I don't think we should be sleeping on the Bengals either um, right now either. So it's it's going to be, I think it's going to be one of those how do you bounce back kind of games for the Titans, especially after being, you know, and I think um, they're going to attack the, the Titans offense the same way that the, the, the Steelers did. Yeah. Um, it's very much, you know, a copy off your neighbor's homework kind of league. So it's, hey, this worked for them. Let me try and, See if it'll work for us too, but I mean, guys like Carlos Dunlap, like we mentioned, uh, even uh, John. Bo- uh, no, I'm sorry, John Bosco. I was thinking about the uh, Andy Dalton injury, um, but looking at their team as a whole, I don't know uh, them completely in and out, but it is something I, I'm just based on what they've given up in other games. I mean, the Browns. I'm not. I'm not saying the Browns are as hyped as they sh- they were last year in 2019 by any means, but. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep on some of the outcomes of those games. We don't know what the Colts are going to be because they're, you know, obviously four and two in the division. But Phil Rivers is always that that flyer that you want to. You don't know what you're necessarily getting. But yeah, Burrow putting up some numbers. He's got two thousand, two over two thousand yards already. Where I think Tannehill at fifteen ninety is what he's at, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be sleeping on Sunday by any means for this game. No. You can't. Uh, it's, and it's all. It's a. There's going to be a tough little road ahead too. I mean, that Bears team, that that Bears defense is first or second. So we're probably going to be. I mean, Pittsburgh and I think Chicago are the two best right now overall. Most complete defenses for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got you got a lot coming up here. The Colts are probably right there in the third or fourth spot defensively too. So this is going to be some. These are going to be some really really good defense is coming up so if we can get a dory back this weekend to speaking of a defensive side sure some things up you know get him some playing time obviously 
uh, get him a uh, minutes restriction or snaps restriction this week and, you know, get some legs under him. I think that's going to be fine. But, you know, it'd be nice to get everything back um, before Chicago and before the Colts, before the Ravens and the Colts again on Thursday night. So it's a, it's a good little stretch coming up, though. These are going to be some, these are going to be some big, meaningful games. And mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of hope it's, I don't think it's going to be quite Pittsburgh this week because I felt like we almost had like a playoff atmosphere at mm-hmm. Parkway. It was so we much did. fun. And I mean, just looking around Twitter, it seems like everybody else was doing the same thing for watch parties. Like they were treating it like it was like this big playoff game because all those stats come out. I know we posted on chat 10 and I'm sure you posted as well. You know, whenever a five and O or six and O or seven, O team plays each other, then one of those teams winds up going to the Super Bowl. So yeah, I don't know. It, kind of sparked yeah. some magic this week and it was a lot of fun. So I kind of hope that it kind of keeps rolling for bears, Ravens, Colts. Let's be some fun games ahead. Yeah. And I'm looking at the overall league standings right now. And obviously Pittsburgh's it's, it's something Brian Hager, our guy with chat 10 sports was just texting kind of like still feeling the burn and the sting of yesterday's loss. But if the Titans were the only undefeated team today, like what type of celebration and just, I mean, I'm just thinking of how awesome that would be, but obviously three points came up shy, but I'm, I'm thinking right now though, Chase, I mean, who is right now in your opinion, the best team in the NFL? Um, it, Overall it's Pittsburgh and uh, Pittsburgh is the best overall team. And then, Really, it, it is, even after the loss last night, due to some really dumb complications, it's Seattle and mm-hmm. it's Kansas City. Like they, they, I feel like those two have the highest ceilings because of what they can do offensively. But both defenses are pretty eh right now, too. And that's another part about the Titans. Is all, like They're also in that little group of offensively they're doing so well. And even yesterday in the second half, I mean, A.J. Brown and Corey and – it's just such a great combo right now because I was even looking at a stat that um, the most plays over 50 yards right now in the last two seasons are AJ and Derrick Henry. So right, both having five, both five having each. Five. It's crazy. That's, that's that's explosive, man. And AJ again, like sometimes I think because he's so smooth, I don't feel like he's that fast, and then he separates from people. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> he's that yep. guy. I mean, he's I'm no offense, fan. love him. He's no DK Metcalf. What I watched last night. So impressive. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, that's going to be a play that's going to be talked about for a long time this, this season. Um, but to get back, I, I'm saying overall right now it's Pittsburgh, but there are like four or five, including the Titans, that are right there in that subsector. I mean, Tampa mm-hmm. Bay's getting better. Um, so you can move them up there. But there's this tier. There's a, that second – I guess you want to call it second tier, whatever you want to look at that the one loss or two loss teams that are just so good mm-hmm. that you know they can win the Super Bowl, there's just a big chunk. And I guess Pittsburgh's a percentage or two higher than everybody else right now, and that's just because they're just so solid on yeah. both sides of the ball. So who do yeah, you, I think who, who's your best overall? Well, I'm, 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 I agree. I think the Steelers, because I think all three faces of the game, they are, they're solid. And if not, I mean, their defense, that's what really impresses me. And I think um, – I think just Ben Roethlisberger being able to pick a defense apart. And I mean, I've not seen them play other teams. Obviously we we're, I'm a one team man, but it's something that they are 
you know, I was, I was, I think I said yesterday after the game, I'd rather lose to them now than the postseason. And I'm hoping that, you know, other teams, obviously the, the bears, I don't know what the bears are, but looking at their record right now, they've, they've won, let's see, one, two, three, four games, four games by four points or they've won four games by four points or less. They lost to the Colts, you know, by eight and 19 to 11 was the outcome. I don't know what they are as far as, you know, studying what they've done. But anytime you have Khalil Mack and, you know, uh, Nick Foles is officially taken over. Can you can you name like a, a couple players off their offense right now outside of the quarterback position? Because I, I I really cannot. I mean, you got Ty Montgomery and who is there? I'm trying to even think of uh, their wide receiver. Oh, they've got they've got a couple guys you'd know. Oh, Allen Robinson from former um, player with the Jaguars. Jaguars yeah. receiver. Uh, they've got Jimmy Graham. I just don't know what they are. So I mean, looking at our schedule as the Tennessee Titans, I I don't want to be. I don't ever want to sleep on a team, even the Bengals this week. Like it's it's. I fully believe, and I subscribe to that idea of this is the NFL, and every week you have to show up and play. Yep. But what I, what I you know I think the Chiefs again with I don't know how Le'Veon Bell was yesterday, but he's fine. I just I just I don't know, man. And what's crazy to me, looking at the NFL standings right now. There are, let's see, 3, 6, 9, 12, 15. I mean, well over half the league has a winning record right now, it seems like. Yeah. Trying to make sure I'm 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 accurate in that, but the, the 49ers being that team of being 4 and 3 and a lot of solid teams, Browns, Cardinals last night, you never want to sleep on them. Nope. Um Packers, but Yeah, Packers are they're they're in that chunk of second i guess you know contender teams too like that's mm-hmm. that's they're just so good i mean i know tampa had their way with them last week but they really showed back up and aaron Rodgers is aaron Rodgers, so right it's so do uh, you think i mean i think you mentioned this earlier do you think the titans are a legitimate super bowl contender right now after what yeah. we saw oh, yesterday oh 100 i mean to do that in the second half to pittsburgh like to completely flip a script and you're one missed field goal away from tying that up and probably carrying the momentum into half or into overtime and winning. Yeah, 100% I do. I mean, getting a Dory back, and if there is a trade value somewhere to get a corner too, man, I mean, what if you're able, if you're able to hold teams under 24 points the rest of the season for mo- for the most part, then that offense is going to carry you enough where you don't have to worry about that. So, you know, you sure this up and get these – third down numbers cleared up and some of the scoring defense stuff. We've been obviously one of the worst teams in the league, but you get some of that stuff shored up and even just, you know, a little bit better. You're mm-hmm. going to win so many more games. Um, and that's another part about Chicago is if this offense can, if the Titans offense can score against that defense, that's going to show you a lot even more, but I, I was thoroughly impressed yesterday in the second half. I mean, we've got, this Titans team has a lot of big time playmakers. I mean, Corey Davis didn't even have to do anything yesterday. We had, I guess, our chain movers with, I know you mentioned earlier with John O and Ferkshire and Humphreys had one good catch, but for the most part yesterday, they were lackluster. All, but between the three of those, they had nine targets, four catches and 35 yards. That's bad. That's our third <sighs> down guys. Yeah. And see, I think the, 
I'm kind of on the other side of the fence when it comes to this team being a legitimate Super Bowl contender because the defense, and it's weird because you make a good point with the second half, but that first half really concerns me. And like I was saying, um, and just the schedule shows it, where we've we've won a lot of games by f- what four or five points or fewer, and yeah. it's that's that's I mean the Broncos just got dismantled by the Chiefs. Obviously, week one is years ago, it seems like, and we've come a long way since then. But until and that's the big that that's the big kicker for me is until the cornerback situation is is resolved, we start get, getting some sacks and some you know more quarterback pressures, which I think we we did see. We're, we're kind of consistently seeing improvement every single week. Mm-hmm. But for them to come out even on both sides of the ball and even really, I mean, coaching the first half, it was bad, man. And that's where I don't want to have to be the the type of or I don't want the Titans have to be the type of team that you have to get shell-shocked to adjust and kind of overhaul everything that you're trying to, you know, scheme, you know, what you come to the table with kind of a thing. You basically throw that out and then say, let's let's get back to basics here. But if they had come out, you know, like we saw against the Bills, like I think I took the Bills game for granted, man. Like not a single moment of like nail-biting. And I think we made it all up yesterday because yeah. Yeah. that was a ride. But, um, but yeah, I just – I'm still not 100% convinced for the Titans. I don't want them to be, you know, a divisional round. Say we say we happen to slip back into the top three teams in the AFC, or I'm sorry, in the league. I think right now, if I pull it up here, we are tight, number three behind Steelers and, and Chiefs. Um, I just don't want us to be that first or second round team that goes in and doesn't have the the, the ability to come out as advertised you know we've, we see a lot of teams do that i just that's what i want the team to kind of prevent or kind of avoid but mm-hmm. the good thing is for me is anytime that john robinson and mike frable have had a problem like this it's it's either been resolved or it's been addressed and you know is in process of getting there like like our pass rush situation we we talked all off season we have to start getting players that can rush the passer mm-hmm. and i think like i said it's a cyclical thing but um I'm excited though, man. I'm optimistic, and even it's weird, like we said, after a loss, but uh, pr- pretty stoked for the rest of the year. But uh, any last thoughts, man? I know we got to wrap this thing up here, and we're getting getting to where we got to close this puppy out. But any any final thoughts, Chase? No, not really. I mean, I, I guess if I had one thing, I mean, this is a really, really good football season. I mean, just I just took a little peek at the standings. There's so many contenders. I mean, just to rattle off, I mean, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Chicago, Seattle, us, Green Bay, Baltimore, Tampa. I mean, in a weird world, you could even throw the Rams and Arizona in there. Like, there's just so many good teams that, and I mean, that's, you know, there's weird, there's weird worlds. You can even throw the Colts and the Saints in there. It's, I don't really think either one of those are true Super Bowl contenders, but, um, I don't know. Like this is a this is a good football season, and I know I talked to you yesterday about it. This is the highest scoring NFL season through week six or seven so far. I mean, ever. So sure people well. are putting up points, and people are getting after it. So awesome year for the Titans so far. Even though after a loss, it's somber. It was a little bit crushing, but during that time, people were chanting and cheering like it was a freaking Super Bowl. It yeah. was it was awesome. It was so much such a fun day. Um, it is the last week of sober October, so here we go. <laughs> We're back, baby. <laughs> well, congratulations! You actually went the whole month. 
no, because I guess if you counted that bachelor party, when I got back, I was hey, like, come nah, on. yeah, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give you the, the green light that you that you. Yeah, I'll, I'll count it. Yeah, I don't know if I can actually do it, but I did want to kind of add on what you were saying with how how good this season is, just all across the board for the NFL. The expanded playoff bracket, you know, I think those nine and seven teams, if we have nine and seven teams that would be on the brink of a playoff berth, I think that we could have the, you know, there's a lot of really good teams. And that's where, again, I don't want it to be, you get to the dance and then another solid team comes up and smacks you in the mouth. So we'll see. But uh, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm very excited too. But let's close this thing out, guys. Girls, thank you so much for listening to this thing. We do this as as a... It's, it's a lot of fun, but also in case you're new to us, make sure to subscribe, retweet, share everywhere that you can to help us grow this podcast. It's something that uh, here in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area, again, like Chase and I have been talking about, if you're planning on watching the game, come to Parkway Porthouse. Because again, yesterday was so much fun. We had our first official takeover the patio, which is, I mean, what was it? like? I think we were in the 60s, maybe 50s or something yesterday yeah, as far as attendance. I know last you know last postseason we were getting you know turning folks away from the restaurant, but yeah, if you're in Chattanooga, come out and hang out with us. If you're new to Chat Ten Sports, check out ChatTenSports.com to find everything about us. Check out our other podcasts as well. We got Vols cranking up with, with Chase and Michael Piper. Um, Braves are cooling down, so that will be coming to a, 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 a stop here. And then we have some other things in the work works, but officially Wednesday sports betting will be legal in in the state of Tennessee. Uh, we do have some plans to contribute our thoughts and opinions there as well. So keep an eye out for that. But uh, I'm Trey Wynn. You can find me on Twitter. It's T-R-E-S-W-I-N-N. Of course, follow us at Tighten Up Talk Pod. That you can find us there. And if I mispronounce that, I'll make sure to correct it in the editing process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, t- Tighten Up Talk Pod. You can find us there if you guys want to get the the, uh, the memes and the interaction that we're, we're giving out there. But Chase, where can the folks find you on Twitter? Yeah, man, they can find me at mcgreen423, baby. Let's do it. All right, folks. Well, Chase, appreciate you being here, man. Pleasure, man. And everybody listening, uh, tighten up and have a great rest of your week. Tighten up, baby.